Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome to the My Broadband Conference, uh, Mr. Joe Robertson, whom I've had the pleasure of to listening to at uh, the last Fortinet conference. He is the field CISO at Fortinet. Joe, it's great to see you again. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. It's good to see you again, Aki. Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, albeit us doing this virtually, I guess the world that we're living in, and I think it's brought all sorts of different challenges to organizations. There's been digital transformation, um, which kind of leads me to my first question is about securing the connectivity that we are using right now, for example. I guess that's a big challenge. Why is it uh, so important to secure the connectivity solutions? And it's a crucial foundation, right? When you look at this massive digital transformation that's going on, around us absolutely it's absolutely essential because quite simply digital transformation is all about connectivity you know a wonderful new application is of absolutely no use to anyone if you can't get to it obviously but almost every type of cyber attack uses the network so you don't have to be uh, drilling through walls to break into a bank anymore and the bad guys they don't burst in yelling this is a holdup <laughs> uh, all those wonderful digital innovations that you've come up with for your customers, for your partners, for your users, they're super valuable to you uh, as a company. They have customer data, they, uh, they hold product secrets, they, they let you run your production sites effectively and efficiently, but they're also very attractive to hackers. Look, you don't have to build yourself, when, if, if you build yourself a lovely new house, for example, you're not gonna build it with no locks on the doors and the windows, okay? So as a company, you're going to be living in this new digital environment, so you better protect it. So when you look at the context that you've just uh, laid down and this foundation that you've spoken about, I mean, what are the biggest pain points that organizations are facing regarding the security in, and, and those connectivity solutions that you talk about? What, what's the biggest pain point uh, that, that your customers are experiencing? Well, there's lots of things that you could point to, but I think you have to step back a little bit to understand not just where the pain points are, but why they are. You see, the traditional architecture for IT environments pretty much from the beginning was some sort of link from the user to the computer, okay? Long ago when I got started in this business, that was a mainframe in the white room with the raised floors and maybe an SNA connection to it. Now we call them servers and they're in the data center, but it doesn't matter what you call it. It's, that's where the computers are and the storage is. So in other words, the focus used to be in the traditional architecture on where, where is everything connecting? Through which controllers, routers, MPLS lines? But what really matters is the applications themselves, the what. Now, in the old architecture, this was okay because where and what were in the same place. They were in the data center. It made connectivity clear. It made cybersecurity clear. All the users connected to the data center and only there. So stick a firewall at the perimeter of the data center to protect it and the users from that big bad internet. But you know, then those pesky users decided that they wanted access to the internet too. And clouds came along and we see that this isn't a very flexible architecture, having all the traffic go through the data center and then back out again to the internet or to a cloud or whatever. And mm. you know, if digital transformation is about one thing, it's about flexibility. So. The big pain points are where the old architecture clashes with the new reality. Of course, in the last year, 
we've all had a huge clash with reality. Obviously, remote access into your digital environment, therefore, is a pretty important pain point, and making it secure is really what's so challenging. And along similar lines, I'd say it's the costs associated with connecting the organization's many locations. Lots of companies are trying to replace expensive MPLS lines with less expensive broadband connections using SD-WAN. But mm. that can open up the branch to attack unless you secure it. You know, another huge pain point is actually protecting cloud applications and databases. And that opens up a real Pandora's box of complications. For example, protecting those internet facing web applications, which are such a tempting pathway into the rest of your environment. Absolutely. Or, uh, or ensuring that nothing and no one tampers with the API traffic as new application architectures call up modules that may be in the data center or in a cloud or in another cloud, or and that may move from cloud to cloud. And a final pain point I would say is quite simply managing all of the cybersecurity elements in your network and responding to threats and attacks. For most organizations, that's a real nightmare. That's very interesting. I mean, and, and it's so broad, you know, it's, I mean, th there's a lot of complexity out there in the world that we're living in today. And I guess that it's, it's this digital transformation. Uh, organizations have grown. They've got a lot more different entry points. You talk about apps and all of these kind of things didn't exist, you know, 10 years ago and 15 years ago. So there's been different layers of complexity that, uh, you know, many organizations challenge, uh, face as a challenge, I guess. But when you look at those core security elements that you were talking about, about a second ago, um, and these need to be implemented in every connectivity solution. What are the, uh, what are those, uh, why are those particular elements really important in what you're talking about today and in security with regards to security in particular? Well, as you say, there are so many of them. In fact, the reason that there are so many security devices out there is because there are a lot of different threat vectors and attack scenarios. So lots of products have been developed to deal with particular situations like a, a DDoS attack or a virus on an end user computer or protecting a, a virtual machine that you spin up in a cloud. So I'd say the core of your security posture still needs to be that next generation firewall to protect your core applications. Uh, a firewall that can look in the packets up to layer seven, uh, that can do that even with encrypted traffic. You know, Aki, Google estimates that around 80% of all traffic on the internet is actually encrypted. So a good wow. firewall will be able to look at in the encrypted traffic and, and decrypt it and check it out. It'll also give you the speed and the throughput that you need to not slow down and frustrate your users. Uh, let's see, a firewall should also, if possible, incorporate intrusion detection and protection. That would be even better. Um, and that applies, by the way, to your branches too, not just the headquarters. Um, so let's say an attacker is trying to get in. He doesn't care if he's coming in through the headquarters of the branch. Now, the branch is often a very easy access point. Uh, another area that is important is protecting the cloud. Of course, you won't be putting a physical firewall in Azure or AWS or Google Cloud. So you also wanna be looking at virtual firewalls, especially ones that are compatible with and can be managed in the same manner as your physical firewalls. Right. Another important area for baseline protection is knowing who and what's on your network, okay? Network access control can identify devices as they try to connect. Now this 
is obviously it could be computers, but it could also be unmanaged uh, and IoT devices like printers or security cameras. And you want to authenticate who is accessing with tokens or, or other tools. This should apply both to remote access, but also to local access to provide even greater security. And of course, you're going to want on your endpoint, you're going to want uh, antivirus software uh, and newer EDR software, that's endpoint detection and response uh, for your computers and your smartphones. Now, the list could go on and on, which is why it's important really to have a strategy of choosing products that can easily be managed by your security teams and that work together to share threat information. You know, attackers know that these products are out there. They're yeah. looking to slip through the cracks between them. Uh, an integrated product family of threat detectors and threat resistors can substantially reduce the size of those cracks that the hackers are trying to slip through and get into us. Joe, it's really scary what's going on out there. And I guess it's, uh, it's become, um, when you look at the recent attacks, just in the last year, you know, there's been a substantial increase in attacks globally. We've seen this, uh, you know, hackers are looking for those vulnerabilities that you talk about. But of course, you've got the right solutions at Fortinet. Um, I've seen some of the firewalls that you've got, for example, um, and a broad range. I was actually looking for one, uh, a small one, you know, because the perception that I have of Fortinet is that you guys look after the really, really big guys. But actually, you have solutions from small to medium-sized businesses right up to the top. So talk to me about those products and solutions that uh, Fortinet does offer uh, to enable the, the building and the upkeep of that secure environment that you talk about. Sure, how much time do you have, Aki? <laughs> Fortinet has perhaps the broadest product line in the industry. All of the tools that I've been talking about are available from us, uh, of course, and they integrate together in what we call the Fortinet security fabric. It's a holistic approach to cybersecurity. Essentially, all the products talk to each other and share threat information, shrinking those cracks that the attackers are looking for. So there are basically three pillars to our fabric. Security-driven networking, zero trust access, and adaptive cloud security. So let me take them one at a time quickly. The term security-driven networking, I think, says it all. Okay? All threats traverse the network. Okay, so that's the logical place to catch and block them. Okay. Our 40 gate next generation firewalls are at the heart of this. And as you said, we've got big models for the data center and smaller models for branches, factories, even for home offices, as we're seeing more and more people putting uh, in, in place. Regardless of size, they all run the same operating system, the 40 OS operating system, which makes it really easy to manage them as a unified whole. And yes. they include plenty of networking functions too, routing uh, and also secure SD-WAN. By the way, secure SD-WAN is a no charge option. So if you've got a 40 gate, whatever size, you also have SD-WAN at no extra cost. You just tick the box in the config. Now the 40 gate can also manage and control our ethernet switches and our wireless access points. So they are actually for all intents and purposes, extension ports of the 40 gate firewall, which right. gives you enormous flexibility to segment and even micro segment your network, which can be really important in a factory setting, for example, where you wanna be protecting machinery and, and valuable uh, types of equipment like that. In fact, 
uh, our switches and APs working together with a 40 gate create what we call the SD branch, play on SD-WAN obviously. So there we're securing both the WAN and the LAN edge. Uh, we've also got other tools like sandboxing and honeypots uh, amongst others that will gather information on threats that are unknown threats and pass that information off to the 40 gates and, and the, the switches and all of our other equipment. Um, on the user end, our zero trust access solutions include network access control, as we were talking about earlier, user authentication and tokens, VPN, antivirus, and endpoint detection and response software, EDR, that I, I talked about a, a moment ago. Um, and when it comes to adaptive cloud security, our virtual 40 gates can be called up in almost any virtual environment, and they're even available in the marketplaces of AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, Alibaba, et cetera. Exactly the same functionality and management as the physical 40 gates. Uh, in those clouds too, you, you wanna protect other things too. It's not just firewalls that are enough in a cloud. So we can provide cloud workload protection software that will not only protect your workloads as the name implies, but gives you detailed information to track which workloads are where and, and what they're doing and who's doing things with them. Um, if you're using a SaaS application like Microsoft 365 or ServiceNow or Salesforce, you want to be putting in place CASB software. Our CASB Cloud Access Security Broker, CASB uh, software, uh, is very powerful for protecting against um, insider theft, uh, insider attacks, things like that, as well as external attacks. Um, I guess I'd finish. We've got web application firewalls too to protect those internet-facing applications. Yeah, my goodness, Aki, I'm running out of breath now. But really, no, I mean, lots I'm of just listening think to of you. That as a firewall vendor, and I just want to point out that we're much, much more. No, well, this is a, you've got a completely comprehensive solution, and I guess for any business, you know, I started off with small to medium size, right up to the top, um, and and you know, just ending off, Joe. I mean, the the world has certainly changed, as you and I know, and we've discussed. Um, and when you look at these connectivity solutions, what advice can you give to businesses uh, that are interested in optimizing their connectivity solutions, specifically around the security point of view? Well, you know, it may sound funny after the long list of Fortinet products that I just gave, but I, I'd have to say that as a security professional, my advice would be don't get locked into one vendor. Now, let me explain that. There's lots of different security devices because there's so many different threats, right? Your security teams have to manage all of them. For each new one, they have to learn how to operate it, how to use the management interface, troubleshoot it, and so on. So it's actually a good idea to choose vendors who let you use a single interface to manage a number of different types of device. Vendor consolidation is something I talk with a lot of companies about, and, and they're, they're working on it, they're looking at it, but, and it's a big but, vendor consolidation is not the same as vendor lock-in. Mm -hmm. If you take Fortinet as an example, we have over 50 different product lines that are integrated with each other in the Fortinet security fabric. And you know, I've been talking about that. Uh, they can all be managed from our fabric management center. So we could cover all of your needs, or almost all of your needs. But we also know that you probably already have things in place. 
Uh, and so our philosophy is one of holistic security, not monopolistic security. Our products are loaded with APIs and pre-tested connectors into an ecosystem of over 400 partners. And that includes everything from cloud providers like AWS, Azure, uh, Google Cloud, uh, all, all, all the way to equipment vendors like Cisco, Arista, and Aruba. In other words, whatever you already have, it's likely that we can integrate it into the Fortinet security fabric. So my advice to everyone really would be is to narrow down your choices to suppliers who are truly dedicated to openness, open source, open information, open APIs. My philosophy is that when it comes to cybersecurity, there are lots of competitors. I've got lots of competitors in this business, but all of us vendors and customers alike have a common enemy the cyber criminals that are trying to attack us. Mm. Spot on. And I, and I guess that's why it's transparency is so important because we all have to work together in protecting our networks and our connectivity solutions. And I guess it's important that you've got that transparency for you to be able to have an open discussion between the, all of these vendors that you spoke about. And I think that's critically important. It's a very, very valid point that you've just raised. Um, Joe, thank you so much for your time. It's really been uh, really fascinating chatting to you and, uh, and hearing about the solutions that Fortinet offers. And I guess we are uh, living in an environment where things are certainly not going to get better. I think the, 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 the security threats are going to become a lot more intense. Um, and they are continuously trying to find ways and means of getting into uh, networks and really causing the disruption uh, to many businesses. Are you anticipating that it's going to get worse over the next 18 months? I mean, this trajectory has just been going up like this, the security threats globally. So I guess there's not going to be much change. It's probably going to intensify um, as we move into this new world that we're living in right now. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's kind of like the curves that we've seen with COVID. They, they just see, keep going the wrong direction. And there's no reason to think that that won't be happening in cybersecurity. That's why companies like Fortinet, uh, you know, our objective is to try to stay one step, two steps, hopefully three steps ahead of the bad guys. And, and most of the time we succeed. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Uh, Joe Robertson, the field CISO at Fortinet. We wish you well. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you, Aki.